0: we are moving along as we talk about living in his presence, being in his presence, walking in his presence, being people of his presence. That is what we're talking about this year. And um, we're going to participate in communion in a few moments. We'll do that at the end of the message. And I am... uh, I have been just so impacted by what the, what the Lord has been showing us over these weeks. And um, I, I, I wanted to shift in, in the talk about the presence of God. I wanted to shift to the New Testament. We've been in the Old Testament now for a few weeks, and I wanted to bring out that concept as it's shown in the New Testament in some different ways. And, um, and, and it is reality that the Old Testament talks a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about the presence of God, and, um, and the New Testament doesn't always reference it in the same way, but that is not to say it's not there. It absolutely is there. And, and what I want to do before we, we go into the message is kind of give a foundation. So we're going to spend three or four minutes all being students in the room. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. We're going to learn a couple things. So, um, as I have been talking about presence in these past weeks, the word that I have used, or the Hebrew word from the Old Testament that I have used, is the word panim. And and that word is from the Old Testament, and it has a... a, Well, I'll, I'll ask you, everybody knows this, almost everybody, that that word panim, presence, in the Old Testament means... Face. All right, you got it, and um, and the same word in the New Testament in the Greek is not panim, obviously, because that's Hebrew. But the same word that means face is the word prosipone. Sounds like a medicine you take or something. Like, what's your subscription, prosipone? That's what I got. But um, but but that's the word in the New Testament that's a reference to face. And and but in the New Testament. It's used a lot more in kind of the natural way, just talking about the face of somebody, right? Like, ooh, their face was surprised, or they set their face to go in this direction, right? Talking about where they want to walk, or, you know, that type of thing. It's not used as much as in the Old Testament referring to the idea of presence. It's used a little bit for that, um, but, but more for the, you know, straight-up concept of face. But that the, in the Old Testament... Panim is not the only word that is used to describe presence. There's another word that is used, and it's the word neged. Everybody say that with me, neged. And and the word for this in the New Testament is enopion. And, And this word doesn't mean face. What it means is before, like to be before, not before in time, but to be like in front of somebody else. I am before his presence, or to be in the sight of, like where somebody can see me. And so sometimes in the Old Testament, it is translated as presence. Uh, not always, but it's that basic idea. So it's it's used to refer to being in the presence of somebody. I am before them, or I am in front of them. I am seen by them. And so that's what this word means. And where we're going to go today in Luke chapter 5 uses this word, the word "anopion" to talk about the idea of being before somebody else or in the presence of somebody else. And so, all right, you made it through those four minutes of class this morning. Everybody good? You survived. So with that in mind, we're gonna jump into Luke chapter five. I wanna talk today, the title of the message today, and we're gonna stick it on the screen, is the following, presence and the public. Everybody say that with me, presence and the public. I've been talking a lot over these last weeks about how you and I choose to get into the presence of God and how that looks a little bit more like in, in our private lives, right? Being in His Word and living a lifestyle of prayer, walking and, excuse me, being in the presence of God. And, um, and while that is the case, here's what I know. That when you live in the presence of God you will then carry that presence into the public. You will live with that presence in the public, in the world. And and that is the focus that the word that I just mentioned gives us, an opium that gives us here in this story in Luke chapter 5. I'm going to share a story that I'm sure many of you have heard before. Luke chapter 5 verse 17 about the paralytic who gets healed by Jesus, whose friends bring him. And here's how I'm going to preach it today. I'm going to go through the whole story, share a few random thoughts along the way, and then I'll come back after reading the whole story and, uh, and specifically focus on the idea of the public uh, concept. And so we'll get there. But verse 17 is where we're starting in Luke chapter 5. It says this, One day, While Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village, somebody say every village, in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from where? Jerusalem. Okay, now now, my friends, this is actually very, very interesting because Jesus is teaching around the area of the Sea of Galilee. When you hear about like Capernaum that's also more or less in the area. Jesus is kind of doing his ministry around that area and and Jerusalem if you were to go who's, has anybody been to Israel in the room anybody anybody, anybody? okay a few of you and we got we, we, we got to do a trip I think I mentioned that and we will it'll happen it'll happen hopefully within like before we go home with Jesus but but it'll happen and um, we'll, we'll get there. But, uh, but we'll, we'll do a trip. But in, in Israel, if you travel from Jerusalem to the Sea of Galilee area, right on a bus or whatever, it might take you, it kind of depends, an hour, hour and a half, more or less, depending on you know, the road and traffic and conditions and all that type of stuff. And, so, uh, and, and you can make it about that amount of time. But in reality, that distance, right, was not covered by them riding buses. It was covered by them walking, and they're walking at a normal pace. They're not, like, jamming. You know, this is 40, 50, 60 miles, somewhere around there. You could Google it for me if you want, but, but, but around that distance. And so this would have actually taken them walking anywhere in the range of maybe 20 to 30 hours of walking to get there. And, and why do I mention this? Because it is actually very interesting that Jesus is all the way in this rural location where there's like almost nobody, yet Pharisees had heard what was going on all the way where? In Jerusalem. And they're like, we got to go and check out what in the world is happening over there. And they literally travel all day or during two days overnight trip walking just to figure out who is this man jesus and i want to tell you something that it doesn't matter where jesus shows up what he does always spreads everywhere else he didn't need to show up to jerusalem where all the people were jesus can show up to the middle of nowhere and he will draw everybody to him and it is important because, you know, as I think about it, I, we, we live in a world, church world that, that and, and let me be clear, most of you don't even worry about this, nor should you. It's not your job. But um, but in the church world, we there, there are so many conversations about like, how to grow your church. And so here's what you need. You need to be in, your your building needs to be in a really public location where everybody can see you and then your church will grow. And then you need to have enough parking. I'm like, praise God, we actually have enough land for parking. Our parking lot just isn't big enough, right? So some of you park on the dirt. Um, once we get the permits, that is uh, permits for our entire property because we're actually developing a whole site plan for the whole property to try to submit the whole thing to the city of LA and get it all approved from the beginning is what our goal is rather than to piecemeal it. But my point is once we get that through, then hopefully one of our quick projects will be adding more parking to this property. Um, Anybody say amen to that? All right. That's good. That's good. You're like, praise Jesus. Uh, but 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 they have all these things. that say so. You gotta have your building in a central location, and you gotta have enough parking, and you gotta have the best kids ministry in the world. And we got a great kids ministry with V the kids. And you gotta have this, and you gotta have that, and you gotta have this type of music, and you gotta have these types of things. Let me just tell you something right now. And right here, if you have the presence of Jesus, you could be in the middle of nowhere, and God will show up, and people will come. That is the reality. That is the truth. And I've I've visited big churches high and low and everywhere, and guess what? It's the hand of God on them. It has nothing to do with the parking, and it has nothing to do with where the building is, and it has nothing to do with those things. It has to do with God showing up. And so that's who we are, and that's what we want to be, because Jesus can show up in rural town, and yet all the Pharisees are showing up from the city to walk out to where he is. I could just preach on that part of the verse, the the whole message, but we got to go on. And the Lord's healing power, it says, was strongly with Jesus. Verse 18, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. I'm sure the owner of the home was not very happy. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd. What what, what does it say right there? Right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are what? Okay, now this is important. Because that man did not show up to have his sins forgiven. He showed up to get healed. So he shows up. His friends rip a hole in the roof. They put him down right in front of Jesus. And Jesus says, young man talking. I'm sure the guy's like, oh, it's, it's the moment. It's going to happen. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. That's not what I was coming for. You know, I, that's great. I mean, I, I'm happy about that. But, but I was hoping maybe I could like walk again. And by the way, so, so you see it here in, in verse 19 when it says that he, and everybody said it when he came before Jesus, that is the word here that he came before, like he was in front of Jesus in his what presence, right? And so he's right there. But, but there, there, there's something here that is so important for us. I, I want you to walk with this in your mind and in your heart that God's plans are higher than our plans. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. This is Isaiah 55. And the reality is this, that we do not go into the presence of God to set our agenda. We go into his presence to get his agenda for our lives. And God had a bigger purpose here of what he was wanting to do. Yes, he wanted to heal the man, but he was wanting to do something much bigger than that. He was, wanted to display before the teachers of the law and the Pharisees that he was God in the flesh. So it wasn't just about healing this man, it was a much bigger purpose. And so when we come before the presence of God, understand that we are coming for God's purposes and for God's plans. And if you get that, if you choose to live that in your life, it'll go a whole lot easier. Because a lot of disappointment with us as believers is the expectations we put on God for us. So I come to his presence. I go, God, here's my plan. Do you approve? And God's like, well, I already had a plan, dude. I've lived for all eternity long. Like, you're just thinking of something right in this moment. I already thought of this moment a million years ago. So, uh, no, you know, let's be a people who submit to the plans of God. Goes on. Because he says that your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And amen, because Jesus is God. And this is what he's proving here. This is why he's doing this. And he goes, Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? Well, the truth is it's obviously easier to say your sins are forgiven. I could say that to you. It doesn't mean they are. It just means that those words can come out of my mouth, right? But but for me, the moment I say stand up and walk, I've got my reputation on the line. Will that actually happen, right? So, So he's making reference to the idea that I will do that which is more difficult to heal somebody to prove to you that I am also the one who can do what? Forgive sins on this earth. So he goes, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man, this is what he says, that the Son of Man, verse 24, has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, everybody read it with me, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And verse 25 says the following and, what word is right there? Immediately, immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home, praising God. I, w- I wanna stay here. Everybody say the word with me immediately. Okay, this word is so important. I don't know, the parents that are in the room, If this has happened to you, because it's happened to me, where I, I tell, you know, one of my kids, whether it's take out the trash or wash the dishes or empty the dishwasher or any other number of things that you can tell them to do, and they say, I will. Those are like two of the most dangerous words at home. I will usually means like two days from now, you know, whenever I get to it. And I know that there's some parents in the room that are like that is unacceptable in my house. No, if you do, if I tell you to do it, you do it immediately. And to that I say, Amen. But, but some of us don't get it always right all the time. Okay, where are the parents in the room where it doesn't always happen immediately even though you wish it does? Are there any in the room? Okay, see, we're normal people, okay? We are normal. We're sinners, I know. And if you do it perfect at your house, just forgive us, okay? We're learning. It's taken me five kids, but I'm still learning. Lord, help me. But you know what? This man responded immediately, immediately. This is so important. Because it was actually for him, this was his test of faith. Because if he doesn't respond immediately, that means he's doubting what Jesus told him, right? Jesus told him to get up. So you either believe it or you don't believe it. And he chose to believe it and he stood up and he went home. So verse 26 says, everyone, everyone, everybody say that word, everyone. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things Today, everybody say again, everyone. Now Now, my question is, are the Pharisees included in everyone? Are the teachers of the law included in everyone? These guys, literally 30 seconds before, were saying blasphemy, and Jesus heals this man, and now they're going, we have seen incredible things. What is going on? Their hearts were changed like this in an instant. That is the power, my friends, of the presence of God, watch this, in the public. And what I want to do today, and I'm not going to take a very long time, but what I want to do today is take us through a few concepts of how we live out the presence of God in the public, all right? and 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 hopefully lead us to a place where this faith that we absolutely believe in is not just a private in my bedroom or in my house type of faith but it is the type of faith that we live out day to day in the real world we are living in and so i want to talk about this and so let's let's go back just a little bit and and i want to go to verse 19 if we can and it says this that they lowered The sick man on his mat, down into the crowd, right in front of Jesus, in the presence of Jesus. Now what's interesting is that the presence of Jesus is in the public. Are you with me? He is in the public. He's not just doing healings in private places. He is doing healing in public. And you might think, okay, yeah, well that makes sense. Of course he is. But what I want you to understand is something that is so essential to what is going on. Because here, they decide, we're not going to find when Jesus is alone. We want this healing to happen now. We're not waiting. And, and interestingly, when they show up, there's such a crowd, it is so filled up that there is no room for them to get in, right? This reminds me, actually, of Joseph and Mary, when they traveled to Bethlehem. And they go to Bethlehem, and guess what? There was no what for them? There was no room. There was no room. There was no room for them. Yet Jesus could show up anywhere, and he showed up. And in this similar circumstance, there's also no room right there's a crowd everywhere they can't get in and when they drop him down they drop him down in front of the crowd but also in front of who in front of Jesus because no matter how busy everything around is Jesus always makes room and this is important I was preparing the message and um, while I was preparing it I had this distinct sense from the Lord and I, you know, I didn't pull in immediately like this guy. Um, I had a few moments of like debating. It was more like 30 seconds. So it wasn't that long, but, you know, it felt long. And, and I was like, okay, God, all right, is this really you? And, 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 and you know, by the end of it, I, I really did feel strongly that this is from the Lord. And I'm, I'm trusting the Lord on this one. But Jesus made room. Look at somebody close to you and tell them Jesus made room. And you know what? Our services here at Viva Church are, are are public, right? We have people that come, people that watch online, and welcome to all of you watching online. And 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 we have people that are people of faith, and we have people that are just figuring out what they're wanting to know about Jesus, and this is new to them. And And, and we have people all over in every type of place and stage of life in terms of their faith. And And the reality is this, that I want to be the type of church that makes room for God to do what he wants to do. And it is the power of God through his presence, the power through his presence that shows up and brings healing. And so next Sunday, say it with me, next Sunday, we are going to literally make room. For what? We're going to be specifically praying. Well, we pray for needs every week, including those who are sick. We're going to give it attention and focus next week, and we're going to put our hands on people, and we're going to anoint people and pray for those who are sick and believe God to do supernatural healing in this place next Sunday. That sound good to anybody? And so if you have been dealing with sickness, well, then make sure you show up, and we're going to be praying for you. But I want to encourage all of you If you know people that need the healing touch of the Lord, even if they do not know Jesus, bring them. Bring them, bring them, bring them. And we're going to pray for them. And we won't do anything weird. Don't worry. This isn't going to turn into some like Holy Spirit weirdness or anything like that, okay? We'll be very sensitive and very nice and very loving and all of that. But we're going to believe God to do something powerful next Sunday. And so we're making room for it next Sunday And so let's do it. Let's do it. Let's bring people and let's see what God is going to do. But with that, what we understand here is that God's presence shows up in power to bring healing, obviously, but it can bring anything. And we, as the people of God who live in his presence, say it with me, live in his presence And now think about this with me, as people who live in his presence, then we need to be like Jesus because we are the body of Christ. We need to be showing up into the public spaces, carrying his presence, which is the power of God to do incredible things wherever we go when is the last time you at your place of work said to somebody hey how can i pray for you today do they know you as a person who walks in the presence of god oh i'm not asking do they know you as a person who reads their bible every day and gets it all right and is perfect because you're a christian no Not that, but do they know you as a person who walks in his presence? And you don't have to explain it, but do you live it wherever you are? And I want to encourage you, church, that you would become the type of person that carries the presence of Jesus into the public places. Is anybody with me? And that you would say, well, God can use me to pray for this person and see them be healed. That's not somebody else somewhere out there. God will do it because it is his power in my life. But not only is it the presence that leads to the power of God at work, but notice this, back to verse 25, it says, And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and everybody read with me together, what does it say? And went home praising God, which means that this man, who had encountered the presence of the living God, was praising God in public. In public. That he believed he was so enamored with the Lord that it didn't matter who was around him. He was going to walk home praising Jesus. He was going to sit on the bus praising Jesus. He was going to walk around the neighborhood praising Jesus. He was going to praise Jesus in public. You know, my family, um, we have the custom and habit, as has been with believers ever since Jesus did it, of praying for our food before we eat, right? Blessing the food. How many bless the food, right? And, And we bless it. And the other thing that we do is we grab hands when we do it now. Not everybody does that, but we do that in our house and and and, and that's what we do. And so um, that's fine, like when we're at home. But what about when you get to the restaurant and you're in public now? Right. And and all of a sudden, it's like we're like grabbing and holding hands in public like nobody else does this. This is weird. And And you're sitting there and all of a sudden you're like, well, maybe we'll just not hold hands, but we'll pray, right? And then, and then, and then maybe, maybe, you know, to, for it not to be like too awkward, I'll pick the child that prays the shortest. Like the, where their prayer is like, "Lord bless the food," Amen. Okay, good. We're done. We're done. We're finished. And and I was I was thinking about it the other day. That, that, that every time that, that we go out, you know, to a restaurant and we're holding hands and we're praying, and just in case you don't know, yes, we actually do do that, like we do. But, but I was thinking about it, and, and I was thinking, you know what, it, it, it is a little bit awkward because, you know, it, it, they might all be staring at us. Another reason to close your eyes when you're praying in public, all right? Lord Jesus, I don't know if they're looking at me right now, but Lord God, you are good. We love you, Lord. And then you, like, look up and look around, you know, and... But, but but here's the reality is this we are absolutely different. I've got a God that actually will bless my food. All of them got nothing. Literally nothing. They just start eating. But I have a God who will bless. I've even heard Christians pray this prayer before. Oh, Lord God, take these 5,000-calorie pizza slices and turn them into 500 calories in my body. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I have no proof that that prayer actually works, okay? But maybe the Lord will take the disaster that the chef made and turn it into something amazing when I eat it. Who knows? But does the Lord actually bless our meal? He absolutely does. Does he bless our time together as a family? He absolutely does. Is anybody with me? You believe that? And so we're inviting him in in that moment. And if we are the only ones in the entire place, we'll let them look And know that there are some people who love Jesus in the restaurant, and who actually trust in Him, and believe in Him. And I'm not talking about making your praise public to put on a show. I'm not talking about making your praise public to be, look at me. No, no, no. Most of us are the exact opposite of that. We don't want people to look at us. But I am telling you to have a holy boldness to be who God has made you to be, and to live in His presence, not just in the private places, but in the public places of your life as well and trust me god is going to bless you for it he will bless you for it because where you choose to walk in boldness god will bless it and um and this man praises god and then everybody else starts praising god as well and so i want you to live out his presence in public That you would live it out to see the power of God show up and see lives changed. To be a person that worships him in public, that shows people who you belong to. We belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. We are his. And I am not ashamed of that. One time at one restaurant, a a waitress came up to us after we prayed and actually said, oh, that was so wonderful what you did. And we felt really good, right? Right? And uh, and, you know, she was like, very few people do it. You know? Yeah. Well, I know, because I've only had one waitress in my entire life actually say what we did is wonderful. Right. Barely anybody does it. But I want to praise Jesus in public. For the last thing that I want to focus on about how the presence is lived out in public, I want to go to the book of Acts so go with me to the book of Acts chapter 19. Acts 19, starting in verse 11. I want you to know that the principal verse is later on. I'll get to it in a couple moments. But I want to start in verse 11 to give some context about what is going on. It says this, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. Here's Paul walking with the presence of Jesus and because he walks in the presence of Jesus, he's got the power of Jesus to do here unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases, and evil spirits were expelled. I, I, I'm talking, people would literally walk up to Paul, bring a handkerchief touch it like on his hand or something, walk away and then touch somebody who was sick or was demonized and they would be set free and healed immediately. This is crazy. Now, do I know anybody else alive right now that this happens with? No, I do not know anybody. Um, And uh, I I know there's sometimes the televangelist that'll put up, you know, a handkerchief or something and be like, the Lord's going to do it, and you know, touch the screen and, you know, the whole deal. And and I'm not saying it never works. God is God. God does what he does. But, but, but this is a really incredible thing. And so Paul is walking in the power of God because he's a man of the presence of God. Verse 13, a group of Jews was traveling from town to town. Read it with me. What were they doing? Casting out evil spirits. Say it again. Casting out evil evil spirits. This is really interesting. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches to come out, which means that they, know, they knew who Jesus was, more or less, but they did not know Jesus. They knew Paul, but they didn't know Jesus. But they knew that the name of Jesus had power. and I want you to understand something today, quick side note, that in the spiritual realms, there is actual hierarchy. There is organization in the spiritual realms, meaning there are demons with lower levels of power and there's demons with higher levels of power. It is fully organized in the spiritual realm, just like we are organized here on earth. Um, and, and, and you have to realize that there's plenty of scriptures about it, not my preaching today. But the point is that this group of Jews were actually successful. Watch this. They were successful in freeing some people with demons just by using the name of Jesus, even though they didn't know Jesus. And you wonder, how in the world does that happen? Well, the name of Jesus in and of itself does carry power. Okay? Okay. So my my best guess in this scenario is that the demons that they were casting out were lower level demons that just with the usage of the name of Jesus was enough for them to be removed. Their power was on a lower level. Now, this doesn't diminish the name of Jesus. No, not at all. It just creates an understanding of the importance of his presence. Everybody say that again, presence. Meaning you can't fake it. You can't fake it. Seven sons of Sceva, leading priests, were doing this. They were doing just that, using the name of Jesus. But one time, one time when they tried it, meaning that it was successful for them other times, but one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I love this, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? You are nobody. And you know what? That is the truth, I am nobody. I am not powerful against any demons whatsoever. It is the Spirit of God in me, the power of God in me, that is the power against all evil spirits and all sickness and all things that oppose the Lord. It's not me. I don't have anything. If it was me against the demon, I'm done. But Jesus in me against the demon, the demon's done every single time. I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Because they didn't know Jesus. They weren't people of the presence of Jesus. They didn't live with Jesus. They didn't have the power of Jesus. Now watch what happens. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city and it says this, and the name of the Lord Jesus was what? Greatly honored. Greatly honored. This is actually really powerful because it doesn't tell us that these people came to the Lord because of others who were preaching or evangelizing. Well, we believe in that, absolutely. But, but it tells us that they came to the Lord by the demonstration of the reality of who God was in that environment, meaning, my friends, the presence of God. Because when you live so much in the presence of God, It just flows out of you. Out of your stomachs will flow, Jesus said, rivers of living water. It, it It just, you don't have to try at it. It's not something you have to make up. It just, it flows. It flows like a river. It says verse 18, many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. Then it says this, and this is the key verse that I wanted to focus on. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a, what does it say right there? A public bonfire. A public bonfire. The value of the books, get this, was several million dollars. This is crazy so the message about the lord spread widely and had a powerful effect my 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 friends what i wanted to tell you today is that this presence of god this presence is for the public it is not just for you and me in our quiet private places this is meant to be upon our lives in the public spaces that we find ourselves in so that the power of God might be manifest yes and lives might be transformed and changed so that we would be people of praise in the public spaces as well as anybody with me but not only that that we saw right here that as they encountered Jesus they chose to burn their sorcery, their magic books, their things in a public bonfire, which means that they understood that the life of Jesus was about public, watch this, obedience public obedience do you look any different from the world around you you know we have so many temptations that hit us not just the ones in private but there's ones in public too temptations that hit us to participate in this or to do that or to give up Something that we have a conviction about because that, 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 that's what will keep us in with other people. And let me be clear, does this happen to the youth in the room? Yeah, but it happens to us adults too. It happens at work, it happens in all types of places. And we feel this pressure to give in. And let me just tell you right now, the more that you live in the presence of God, the easier it will become to obey Him in public. When everything and everybody might be against you, you'll be like, but I will follow Jesus. And again, you're not doing it to have a show. You're not doing it to create issues, but you are doing it simply because you are a person of the presence. And when you have the presence of God, you will live it out in the public, in obedience to the Lord. And if I, I, I can just tell you this, that the times where I have been at my weakest, both in private and in public, are the times when I was the least connected to the presence of God. But the times when I am the strongest, both in private and in public, is when I am walking in his presence. And you can do it too. You can do it too. And you will walk boldly in this world that the Lord has placed us in. And the Lord will use you mightily. Who wants to be used mightily by the Lord? And so let's allow him to use us as he desires. Would you stand up with me right now? And we're going to come into our time of communion where we thank Jesus for all that he has done for us. Where we affirm his death on the cross, his body that was broken, and his blood that, it was, sh- that was shed for us. And so with that in mind, we're going to start together singing to the Lord and affirming the reality of what Jesus did for us on the cross. How many are thankful for all that Jesus has done? He is a good God, faithful in every moment. So, so good to us. Jesus, we praise your name. You are wonderful to us. Let's sing together.